back to the Sunday roast. How are you guys? How are you getting on? How was your week? I hope all is well with you. Thank you again for so many kind messages this week. I love some of your messages. They're honestly, you just make me so happy. I really, really appreciate it. And we had so many more uh, subscriptions to the Patreon, which is incredible. Uh, yeah, it's amazing, guys. I can't wait. These next few months are hopefully going to be really exciting. Uh, the live shows have started to be planned, which is mental and terrifying because I suffer from like a long, long-term anxiety disorder. So basically, if you do come and see me live, it's almost just going to be like a Bjork or Yoko Ono-esque live performance of somebody having a visceral meltdown on stage. But look, why not? Says you, am I right? But yes, thank you for your messages. Please keep them coming. Please keep signing up to the Patreon. Uh, my Instagram, at Megan Mark. You can find all the details there. And yeah, onwards and bloody upwards. Now that we're approaching the final third of January, we're at that stage where the most profoundly basic women in the world start posting Instagrams on Friday nights of a photo of a cocktail with the caption, Oh, oh, dry January going well. Oh, oh, yeah, Denise. And it's also going to be dry February, by the way. Any single month that you exist in is going to be drier than a camel's dick, okay? You are so devoid of humour. Maybe, Denise, I'm just a bit frustrated, okay? Because I have had one of the worst mornings in the world. I decided to buy into this dry January thing, okay? Because as I get older, my hangovers are resulting in way too, like existential crises that are just too numerous to mention. So I decided I should abstain. Bought into it, feeling really fresh. I even ate kale yesterday. I even ate kale. Kale, by the way, anybody that's ever said they liked kale is a liar. I prefer to watch an hour-long DVD of my own conception rather than eat kale. It's like chewing a flip-flop. It's absolutely disgusting. But anyway, I've been doing this healthy living thing and it's actually been going okay. Until this morning, Sunday morning, woke up, feeling fresh as a daisy, bright-eyed, cherubic, ready for the world. Going to pop to the gym, going to have a little sauna afterwards, going to have a steam room. Going to go into the steam room and have that usual experience that I always do whenever I go to a steam room. And I momentarily get really weak at the knees and think I'm going to perish. And then I promise myself, I'm never going to have a cigarette ever again. I'm 28 years of age. I'm far too unhealthy. Step outside and light one up. Because that's the game. Anyway, jumped out of my house. Didn't jump. That'd be mental. Walked out of my house this morning in a normal way. And just as I closed the door, boom, realised. Both my keys and my wallet were left in the other jacket. Absolutely goosed. Absolutely goosed. I don't have a spare key. Don't have a spare housemate because he's in France. I'm absolutely done. So I had to call a locksmith. He's like, yeah, man, no worries. Be there with you an hour. An hour? Like, what am I going to... I just, it's so cold this morning, by the way, in London. I had to start doing lunges on the street to, just to keep warm. Bear in mind, I'm wearing a leather jacket and skinny jeans. I looked absolutely absurd. And also, I live in Fulham. So you've got all those smug couples who jog together. You know the types. You know the types. You see them in Ireland as well. Like, oh, 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 and actually, you know, we've got, uh, you know, we've got Kira and Brian's wedding in, uh, in May. I was thinking, you know, we should get them a voucher for Mount Juliet. Yeah, get yourself a voucher for life, please, Gronya, okay? Like, good God, your smugness. You're wearing a hairband and he's wearing a gilet. And like, you both got Fitbits on, you know? And you're sort of swanning around with this, ha ha, life is so fun and happy. No, it's not. 
It's not, okay? One hour later, the locksmith arrives up, like my saviour. Which also I was thinking, surely like as a locksmith, you know, it's a really weird job because couldn't you just set up a locksmith business and then go and pilfer the community? I don't know. The locksmith comes in, gets me into the house, unreal, gave him a high five. I was like, this guy's so sound, super cool. I know why he's been so sound because I asked him then, how much do I owe you? 180 pounds. 180 pounds to get into a really average flat. This is ridiculous. Like, yeah, man, because you know that lock that you've got. Well, no, man, you're the locksmith, okay? You're the locksmith. It's like whenever you go into mechanics and he'd be like, oh, do you want me to fix that uh, thing for you? You know, that OPD spoiler thing. I don't know what that is. That's that's why I've come to you, because I don't know what that is. If I knew what the uppity spoiler thing was, I would have done it in my back garden. Anyway, 180 quid. For an extra 20 euro, I could have gotten a pair of bloody AirPods. For an extra 30 euro, I could have gotten a bottle of water and a sandwich in Dublin Airport. Robbery. Daylight robbery. It also, whilst I was waiting for the locksmith to arrive, I went to this Starbucks around the corner. It's a real local joint, mom and pop sort of style place. It's beautiful. But I went in and I had my laptop out. Couldn't even order anything because I would no, literally had no money, anything. And my, my phone rings. So I was stepping outside to answer the call. And then I did that thing, which is really bizarre, but I think a lot of people do it. You approach a stranger in a coffee shop and you ask them to look after your belongings so another stranger doesn't take them. It's so, why do we do that? And you also, you approach them and you don't speak to them in your normal speaking voice. You sort of do that like, You've got your hand out and you're like, oh, because they usually have their headphones in. So you, you try and just grab their attention there with your hand. Sorry, yeah, would you mind just, and you do that, you, you gesture. I'm just gesturing around my things. So I'm just going to, would you just be able to take a, oh, thanks, cheers, thank you. It's ridiculous. Like, all you have to do is not look like a thief and you could just rob somebody's everything. Insult to injury. I get the keys done. I paid the guy the 180 quid. I'm absolutely smashed broke now. Like, and I still have three weeks till payday. I'm done. Patreon dot com forward slash Mark Megan. Anyway, I'm walking then to the gym, trying to keep the spirits high, doing my best, having drank in like a week or so, feeling great. And then this guy comes up to me to ask for change outside Fulham Broadway. And he's like, hey mate, sorry, can I get some change? I was like, sorry man, I don't have any change. He's like, yeah, just trying to get a, just trying to get a few quid together for five guys. Five guys? I'm trying to get some money together to go to a five. Are you outside of your mind? Just the 1750 for a bloody burger and chipes like. Good God. Today we have bigger fish to fry. We are exploring the First Holy Communion, the Sacrament of the Eucharist, wherein it is believed that the child is receiving the body and the blood of Jesus Christ for the first time, and hopefully not the bloody last time. Okay? And by the way, doing this episode about First Holy Communions and Confirmation is not trying to alienate my non-denominational listeners. I'm not trying to alienate any of my listeners who come or practice follow a different faith. I'm just giving you my perspective on my upbringing raised as a Catholic little boy. Speaking of which, does anybody have a link to the Angelus series one? I can't seem to find it on Netflix. It's the episode, you know, where the guy uh, is in the garden with the wheelbarrow and then he stops and looks up. Prior to making your first Holy Communion, you have to do this thing called confession, wherein you've seen it in films. 
you go into a priest and you have to tell him all these things that you've done, all these horrendous, malevolent, vile acts that you've done as a nine-year-old. All of these disgusting atrocities that you've committed as a nine-year-old. So you go in, you sit down to the priest and literally everybody's saying the same things. You know, forgive me, Father, for I have sinned. It's the first time I've ever made my confession. And I'm really sorry for being cheeky to my parents. I'm sorry for hitting my brother. I'm sorry for not doing my homework. And I'm sorry for telling fibs. And actually, I remember when I went to mine, you could see the look of disappointment on the priest's face. Like, you don't have anything juicier, no? You haven't been lighting any fires, have you? No, Father. What, what sins have you committed, by the way? But you know what I mean? It's absolutely outrageous. Nine years of age and you're being told your teacher is literally giving you like a pep talk beforehand. Be like, right, guys, you're all obviously sinners. okay? so you need to go in and beg for forgiveness. No matter what you've done, though, no matter what you've done, no sin is too grand or too big, too small. All that will happen is you say this to the priest and the priest looks at it like, yeah, right. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, no, that's desperate. Yeah, right. Well, listen. I can tell that you've, you know, this is your penance now and you're really, really sorry. So if you just go down there and say five Hail Marys, uh, three Our Fathers and, you know, two Nicki Minaj verses from jay Z Song Monster. It's absolutely ridiculous. I don't understand how, like, if I went in and I literally was like, yeah, Father, do you remember that fire that happened in the school two weeks ago and we lost Mrs. Majones? Yeah, that was me. I can actually show you the matches. I still have them. Do you know what I mean? Would he still be like, right, yeah. Yeah, no, I could, yeah, I could smell the kerosene off your trousers. Yeah, why are you smelling my trousers? No, no, but you know what I mean. But let's be honest here: the ceremony of the first Holy Communion is almost second string to the main stage, which is the event. I mean, the fucking outfits that people arrive up in. Look at my Instagram, by the way. Look at the outfit that I was in on my communion day. I look like Nigel Farage. I look like a mix between Nigel Farage and Alan Partridge. And then like with a slight tint of the mayor of Amity in Jaws. I looked absolutely outrageous. The only people that looked more outrageous than the kids were the mums. The the stuff that mums, the lengths that these mums went to. They'd show up to the church with more work done than the fucking port tunnel. I mean, the amount of makeup on them. If you even took half the makeup off these women's faces, you'd be able to repaint the Sistine Chapel twice. Like, this was the biggest day of the calendar. The calendar year. I love when people say calendar year, by the way. What other calendars are you talking about? Not the one you put salad in, because that's a calendar knowledge. You know what I mean? But this was a huge day on the social calendar because also it was a really good way especially if you went to a national school in Ireland, which I did. Uh, shout out Colossia Breda. But uh, if you went to a national school in Ireland, this was the day where like people would really like to show their neighbours you know, just how nice their car is or just how nice their clothes are. So it was like all bets were off. I mean the kids would just look, we all were in suits. These little nine year old boys were tiny little todgers in suits absolutely ridiculous then there was always one there was always one absolute pervert who came to his first holy communion in a leather jacket 
Mate, you look like a thug. You are not Pony Boy from The Outsiders by S.E. Hinton. The closest thing you are to Pony Boy is probably because there's a pony tied to a lamppost outside of your house. You look like Dolores O'Riordan or somebody who operates the phone, like somebody who operates the phone lines in a, I don't know, like a taxi driver call centre. You know the type? You know those type of like leather jackets that squeaks every time they move? And he's got this like perpetually flaccid little cigarette hanging out the corner of his mouth. He's the type of guy that sort of says, now look, I'm not racist at all, but... But yeah, there'd always be like one kid wearing, wearing a leather jacket. Man, you're not cool for wearing a leather jacket that your parents bought you. You still wear dry nights. Do you remember dry nights? By God, I remember dry nights. I went to bed till I was nine, by the way. How late is that? I was sent to like a specialist out in Dunleary as well. Well, he called himself a specialist. Uh, it was sort of a, you know, real DIY job. No, but um, I had to go to a specialist in St. Michael's Hospital in Dunleary. Went to bed till I was nine. Anyway, back to the clothes. The clothes were super ridiculous. I mean, you've got like these, the haircuts, like these absolute bowlers, you know, the bowler haircut and then like double breasted suits with shoulder pads. And by the way, that was just the mums. Honestly, women, middle-aged women walk around with barnets on them like Gareth Keenan from the UK office. Well, we should actually probably do a total, like an episode on the suburban Irish mum fashion of the 90s. Like literally showing up for First Holy Communions dressed like Womack and Womack or Jesse Spano from Saved by the Bell. The only other notable thing to talk about the ceremony of Mass in general. These people really wind me up. Don't know if you guys would agree, but you know those people who like sign up to help the priest give out the communion and wine and they like stand at the altar and they're so smug, they're so bloody proud of themselves. What absolute nerds like. They're the sort of people that when you were in primary school, you know, or in, even in secondary school, they put up their hand at the bell and be like, oh, miss, you forgot to give us homework. Absolute losers. And you see them because they get to drink out of the same chalice that the priest does. They actually get to drink some of the wine and the absolute pleasure they derive from it. They're guzzling from this thing like Tom Hanks sucking on a coconut and castaway. Relax, please, Anya. You're supposed to be drinking, drinking the blood of Jesus Christ, okay? Like, you do realise JC stands for Jesus Christ, not Jacob's Creek. This isn't Friday night, you on the couch with a galaxy bar and a, like, half a bottle of Jacob's Creek watching Graham Norton. Oh, I can't wait for the red couch. Oh, the stories are just mental. Yo, I want to get some nibbles and bits. You know what I mean? Also, why do the people that help the priests perpetually dress like it's 1974 and they live in the Aran Islands? Like, like, woolly jumpers and blouses. Like, those jumpers. Is that jumper literally made from sheep's eyebrows? Like, please fast forward a bit. It's 20 fucking 20. They're the same type of people, you know these absolute deviants, who queue up for their communion, and then instead of taking it in their mitts like the rest of us, they just open their mouths for the priest to put it in directly. What absolute degenerates? You know those videos you see on Attenborough shows, where the chicks are too young to feed themselves, so the mum has to put the food into their mouths directly, like mouth-to-mouth sustenance? That's what these people are like who refuse to take the communion in their hands. How lazy are you? If there are religious reasons behind it, fine. And you think it's like an M50 to God, fine. Fair play to you, Saoirse. But the reality is it's just laziness, which I hate. 
So like those people, this is what I was thinking about the other day. Do you know what really, this isn't related to any of this, but this really fucking winds me up. People who cycle with no hands, they should be arrested. They should be taken off the roads. The tyres should be taken off their wheels and melted down and fashioned into a whip that's filled with nails and they should be whipped with it. You infuriate me. You don't look cool. And by the way, you know the type. You see them cycling along. And more often than not, they've got headphones in and they're like singing along like, nobody knows it, but you've got it. It's like, man, you don't look cool at all. I actually hate you. First and foremost, you're endangering the lives of others and less importantly, yourself. For the sake of what? You look about as cool as the time I started using a wheelie bag in third class. Six weeks of people asking me what time my flight was. Eventually, it went back under the stairs into the cubby hole and I've never seen the thing again. But those people who cycle with no hands should be banned from the road. Idiots. It's like, sorry, by the way, another one to add to the list. It's like those morons who go out windsurfing during storms and have to get rescued by the RNLI. You should be charged for the cost of the call-out service. And I know some people would disagree and say, well, if you introduce a a cost, a charge for a call-out service, that would dissuade people who actually are in trouble in calling the numbers. Yeah, that's fine. But whenever you've got like an orange or red weather warning or whatever the colour is, okay, and you get your fucking surfboards out and you start getting the GoPros involved, let them off let that tide take them out baby I don't care you should not be putting other people's lives in danger but yeah perverts getting fed in their mouth by the priest what are you like Siobhan And then the real fun starts. Okay? You've done the communion. And now it's back to the house for the party. I'm fairly sure it says in the Old Testament, right? You You haven't officially made your first Holy Communion unless you go back to your house and there's a bouncy castle there. And you invite all your friends and family over and you have anything between eight or 900 cocktail sausages and it's a big day out. You know, and you always know it's a big day out or it's a big family party where in the days building up to it, your mum starts getting you to clean out the most absurd parts of your house. Do you ever get that when you're having guests over? Mum, why the fuck do you think any of our guests are going to go up into the attic and make sure the rollerblades in behind the Christmas decorations are not dusty? This is absolutely absurd. Mark, can you go out to the back shed there and just make sure if the wheels on that Fisher-Price yellow and red car are still in good nick or if you need, or if you need to give them a bit of oil? Absolutely ridiculous. Also, do you know what I was noticing? I was looking through old family photos the other day. Isn't it so weird the way parents took photos back in the 90s? If you look at like communion photos or like confirmation photos, these are the worst photographers in the world. Oh yeah, look, there's a lovely one, isn't it? That's a great one of George's back, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Oh look, you can see that's granny there. No, I can tell by her earrings. Yeah, she's just bent over. She's got her paws in the potato salad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like parents, parents dinner parties in the 90s. You know, whenever you see photos of, like, your parents' mad dinner party and somebody took out a camera, and it's like, oh, my God, do you remember that one? Oh, brilliant. Pat has gotten the kitchen roll and he's put it on his head. Mental. Imagine the, the difference, the disparity between the photos that are taken at our parents' house parties back in the 90s versus house parties now. The difference would be absolutely obscene. 
Oh yeah, like oh pretty, it was absolutely mad. Pretty sure Catherine even took a drag of a cigarette. For us, it's more like, do you remember that time it took us seven hours to coax Baz down from the roof? Because he did so much ketamine, he literally thought he was a pterodactyl and wanted to fly back to the land before time. Absolutely insane. And also, even on the photos, they like they would have to go and get them developed into like a pharmacy. Imagine if you had to bring your iPhone photos into a pharmacy to get them developed. Oh yeah, uh, here's 53 drunk selfies of me. A few, you know... 79 nights out. Oh, here's a, here's a couple of mental ones when me and the girls went to Thailand and we all took our bikinis off and put our backs up in the air but from behind and oh, isn't that absolutely mad? Imagine that. Here's several thousand incriminating screenshots. You know what I mean? Ridiculous. But yeah, the, the, Irish, the Irish family gathering, the sort of suburban family gathering, there's nothing like it. Especially back in the 90s. Like grown men literally having drinks with their car keys in their hand. Uh, Damien, will you have another beer? Oh, no, no, thanks, Jackie. No, I, I've got the car, so I'll just stay in the wine. Cheers. L- like, so ridiculous. And then, unfortunately, with every one of these parties, you know, you'd have all the kids who are just sort of shoehorned together, go play. And in these situations, there was always one person, and I'm not ashamed to admit, but it was me, the absolute tyrant. I was a bully. I was a horrible little rodent running around like an absolute boss man, giving people orders, thinking I was Marshall Mathers. No, mate, you were more Marshall Mallow. I was a chubby little checker. I'm not going to lie to you. Okay. I had a little pot belly. I was a big, I was a big little boy, but you know, I, I have, you'd gather all the kids and we'd all be so pepped up because we would have had like 68 Rice Krispies and 95 Cadbury's chocolate fingers each running around the garden faster than Paula Radcliffe if she'd just eaten a box of Senecott. Do you know what I mean? And I'd be there giving them the rules, just making the most absurdly arbitrary rules. Like, do you ever get when you get a bunch of kids in together? And I'd be like, oh, we do a play and we can put the play on for the parents. Okay, right. So I'll be the king. Um, and it's also a foot- football match. And I score the winning goal, but then I'm also a secret agent. So actually, I shoot everyone at the end, but, uh, and I'm also in the Spice Girls. You know, so, I must have been the most horrible person to be around. And then you get onto the bouncy castle, and I'd be trying to give people rules. No, you can't touch on that one, because there's sharks in that one. No, Mark. There are no sharks there, okay? We're in Cabin Teeley, not Cape Cod. I know that you are resembling the mayor from Jaws, but come on, be realistic. And if people didn't adhere to my rules, I was literally the sad Saddam Hussein of, you know, communions. If people didn't adhere to my rules, I'd do the rattiest thing in the world. I'd just skulk off. Okay, no problem. And I'd skulk, skulk off, trace, you know, get my hands on the plug, the, the, the cable, trace it inside and switch it off. Just to hear the screams. Do you ever get that? When you're in a bouncy castle, there'll always be some rat who would unplug it just for shits and giggles. And you'd literally not giggle, but you definitely shit. You'd be scared out of your wits. Because the thing would just start to deflate. And you know, whoever was close to the exit, they could they were safe. They could throw themselves into a nearby bush or a granddad. Whereas if you were in the middle, your whole world just started imploding on you. Absolutely terrifying. But that's what you fucking get for not reading the script, Stephanie. This is showbiz. Uh, but the inevitability also was that this happened to me every single family party growing up. You'd get about 90 minutes of me. No, you'd probably get about 30 minutes of me in like good, you know, affable form. Oh, look, is Mark great getting all the kids involved? Oh, he's brilliant. And then you'd get 60 minutes of sheer, like outrageous, domineering, psychopathic, do this, do that, do that. But then I'd hit that crescendo. 
and I'd eventually like make too many people cry or I'd soil myself and I'd have to be put in the car for the rest of the afternoon. Did that ever happen to you growing up? Where you'd be so bold that your parents would be like, Mark, okay, uh, John, will you bring Mark out to the car? No, no, mom, I promise, I promise. No, 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 you've done it now. Out to the car. And then you have to just sit in the car in the front driveway watching all the other kids have fun. And for some reason, now that you were removed from the equation, they all fucking enjoyed themselves. Rats. I'll get you guys. I'll get you again. And then, sometimes at communions, you had water fights. Water fights were the worst things ever. I was definitely one of those kids, by the way, in water fights. Where, no, 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 you can't wet me. You can't wet me. Because I've been wet already. I've been wet already. You know, you know those people. That was me. I was actually the worst. I am the worst. But like, you never get... Oh, sorry, actually. Did you ever get hit? You know when you went to a water fight and they, they didn't have actual proper water balloons. So they'd use just normal balloons. Getting hit with a balloon instead of a water bomb is the sorest thing on earth. You may as well just fill up a condom with cement. Thank you guys so much for listening to the Sunday Roast. All the love. Thank you so much. You're literally changing my life. So I owe you the world. Please uh, keep subscribing. Keep reviewing. Every single thing helps. The Patreon. uh, Patreon.com forward slash Mark Megan. Instagram at Megan Mark. And yeah, coming soon, there will be announcement about live shows, which is super terrifying, but super exciting. And also, again, more requests about the Siobhan merchandise and the t-shirts. Hit me up in the Patreon. We'll get there. As I said, we have to hit a certain figure before we can release them. But when we do, they will all be yours. Um, Yeah, good luck. Thanks again. All the love. Talk soon. Oh, sorry, sorry. Of course, keep sending me ideas for roasts. Cheers. Cheers.